Parenting is hard. Few of us feel up to the task. The world is shifting, quickly and dramatically. All of us feel the changes affecting our families. The stress and pressure can be intense. We are here to help sort the good and the bad, provide insight and bring hope. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. We're so glad you stopped by. Hello and welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting Season 4 Wrap-Up. Can you believe it? I, it's seriously, Season 4. That's crazy. Season 4. I know. We kind of just, that's a lot of talking. I remember a couple years ago you came to me, said, Brad, you need to be in podcasting. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And I remember you going, no, no, no about that. Actually, I think I was a little stronger than that. I was like, no. Yeah. But yeah. then you got a mic and you heard your own voice and you were like, I sound really good. Oh my gosh, how sexy is that? Yeah. yeah your and own so voice. let's do podcasting because I sound yeah. really attractive. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Now, vanity. I, I remember it was about uh, August. You were kind of just working on the final deal to your book with mm-hmm. uh, Focus on the Family. And, and uh, they had suggested a podcast as a way of yeah. promoting the book. And, You'd kind of done some research. You'd gone out and looked around, and a lot of a lot of people were doing podcasts, but not very many people were doing them for parents. Right. That's exactly and, right. And you came to me and said, I think we, Bema Media and iShine, need to be in the podcast world. And I kind of looked at it, you know, living in Nashville. You're like, everyone's going to do that. Yeah. Everyone, it's just another There's like the of flavor the of the week, mm-hmm. you know, like everybody does the hot thing. And they stick with it, what, like three months? Right. That's actually very true. I know three podcasts that I followed that I was really excited about from well-known artists. And they lasted about six or seven episodes. And then they just disappeared. Come to find out, it's actually a lot of work. Yeah, exactly. That's probably why. Yeah, so podcast is actually an investment of time and money. Yes, Um, So what... I think my skepticism wasn't you or your idea as much as it was, let's just wait and see if this is really viable. Mm-hmm. And is it worth our time? Because we were so stretched yeah. and so many projects. And I think it was around Thanksgiving that I really sort of came on board and I said, you know what? We should try this. And part of it was just watching and kind of educating myself. Listening to other ones. and Yeah. yeah. And part of it, I prayed about it. Hmm. Well, that's I know that's strange, right? As a Christian, to pray about something. Um, but I, I felt like really like God was urging you and I to take that step of faith and do this podcast. And mm-hmm. so here we are, four seasons in. Four seasons. You know the thing I love the most about podcasting isn't necessarily hearing my own voice or even the things that we think, but I have learned more in podcasting than I have in almost any other endeavor that I've ever done. You know, I'm talking to people, hearing their thoughts, because you're having to focus on like what they're experts in. And, and so I, I have just found myself really growing spiritually, emotionally, I mean, all psychologically, all this stuff because of some of these conversations. And so I get now the value that it is to parents out there because this is not, I'm learning. I'm, I'm sure that those of you listening out there are learning too. And not because we're smart. I mean, you are, Brad. Oh, thanks. I'm not super smart. Right, yeah. But do you know what I'm saying? I've just learned a tremendous amount over these Yeah, I think anyone who thinks they're smart as a parent should just probably start over. <laughs> uh, I think that's a dangerous presumption. I right? agree with you. Um, I totally agree. Um, I, I've looked at the last, um, my, my oldest is 24, 
I, I really can't think of anything that I did right as far as the nuts and bolts of like good rules at home and mm. sort of sh- sort of protecting them and doing all the things you're supposed to do as a good Christian. The only thing I did right is admit I was wrong. Hey, that's so – I agree. I, I think that's so true. I, I was just talking to my oldest today and – I, she's come so far, and I'm so proud of the choices that she's making and the things that she's doing. And I go on, and I totally had screwed up so many areas. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I remember telling her, and we've talked about this at length, like just being able to admit, like, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm sorry. I blew it. And then the message that I wanted her to hear is, I'm just going to keep trying. I'm going to keep trying my hardest, and I know I'm going to blow it. So the between you and I, we have plenty of Plenty of screw-ups. And can I say that? Can I say screw-ups? I believe so. I think I just did. I think the editor will let it let it stand, yeah. Um, my, my point in all that was just like, I, I love this podcast because we're able to kind of demystify. There are no real experts at this. We're just exploring all these ideas together. And a lot of the things that we're talking about are because of things that we've done wrong. And so we're trying to go, guys, don't look at us because we're like the model parents. We're more saying... Let's be honest and transparent about where we're at as parents, and hopefully there's something to learn from each other. So that's what I love about this. Yeah, and, and the title, you know, Brilliantly Brave Parenting, um, is a tongue-in-cheek title. I mean, it, there's no parent who feels brilliant or brave. It's true. And um, we all are looking for advice. And if you do, you better watch out <laughs> yeah. because you're yeah. about ready to fall. Yeah, you need to listen to some different podcasts. Um, I think at the end of the day, the guests that we have on here – some of them are friends of ours through the the sort of music business and movie business that we've been involved with over the years in Christian world. But also some of them are really emerging authors, mm-hmm. people who spent some time thinking about specific talk topics that every parent at some point will have to engage with. And I've been surprised in some of our responses online that a lot of our audience uh, is turning out to be young. Um, that yeah. they have young children. And so the image up on the screen here for those watching on YouTube, we have a little, looks like a toddler, maybe a... Tell me that's not your grandson. It's not my grandson. It looks kind of like it. And it's not my daughter, but it sure could be. Uh, they There's some definite physical similarities. I didn't even pick that picture. Um, <laughs> but it, it does remind me... A lot. ...of the fact that I'm starting over in the parenting game. Mm-hmm. You know, that I am a grandfather. Yeah. Um, I have a, a one-year-old grandson. And, you know, just having him come spend the weekend with us and watching my daughter and son-in-law interact with the fact that he gravitates to remotes <laughs> and smartphones is one of those, oh, wow. Okay, so he's a year old. He's already dialed this in. Monkey see, monkey do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's great. That's a great title for a book. Um, so I I can see that I'm and I've actually found myself and I'm admitting I've gone back and listened to some of our podcasts hmm. in the earlier seasons because they've been helpful for me um, as I've watched my daughter sort of struggle with some of the challenges of raising a an, a toddler. Yeah. So uh, enough of our sort of retrospect. Uh, that was fun. It's interesting. We didn't criticize each other as much. It's coming. I wonder I mean, if we're getting we, older. We've been away from each other a little bit. I th- I think we're you know we've been missing each but other. But you think I work on my like my uh, your witticisms. 
Well, I work on an arsenal of, of insults, and I just, they're not coming to mind right now. So something must be going on. Well, you know, absence and all that makes the heart. I don't know what that means. Absence but makes I'm the heart. I'm really go excited to get into this, Brad. Let's, let's season land four. this plan. You know, season four had one of those sort of breakthrough moments for us. We've, you know, there's always that sort of special guest that you're looking for. And we really, um, we really kind of hit the jackpot. In season four, we we got an A list Christian artist who's an icon, mm-hmm. and um, and that was a fascinating interview. It's the only interview we've done off site where we actually yeah. went to someone's home. So there were some logistics challenges to that, but I I can tell you that uh, you know meeting Michael W. Smith in the environment of a podcast mm-hmm. where he's there to talk and answer questions, he's sort of being vulnerable with you, mm-hmm. knowing that he could be taken advantage of knowing that you could ask him some off the wall question. And the fact that Michael was so gracious and, and kind, you could say he might have been brilliant and brave. He might've been it's pretty brave, especially knowing you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fascinating interview. It was fascinating. And it, uh, it kind of took us to a different place. And I, I think for season four, we're supposed to do a retrospective. We're supposed to pick the top three interviews we did or, or guests that we spoke with. And, and for me, I definitely picked that one mm. as a significant part of season four. And if you're going to be just sort of checking out the best of the season four uh, podcast, I would definitely go to the Michael W. Smith one. And listen to the whole thing. And we're going to give a taste today, but um, absolutely go back and listen to the whole thing. Yeah, so that's our that's our first pick for season four. Go check it out. We've got a, a little bit of a highlight for you right now. You know, she was home and she just had the third. This is Tyler. And um, I'm in Hollywood doing some TV show and I'm out by the pool. And I'm calling my wife, hey, what's going on? I'm out here laying out by the pool in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Bad, bad choice. <laughs> bad choice of words. You know, you just don't. I'm changing diapers at home. Yeah, you know. Um, you know what? I think for the wives, I just think I think I think communication is the is the key. Mm. Just you know, even if maybe he's not communicating, just communicate. Just mm. communicate and just support. You know, and 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 more than anything, pray for your husband that, that he will love me like Christ loved the church, mm-hmm. you know? And you can't make him do that. Right. But I just think, um, you know, it's so funny because Deb and I, if, when we did have arguments, you know, even if she was wrong, I would always say I was sorry before mm-hmm. I went to bed because mm-hmm. I just wanted to be, because I'm a peacemaker. I just yeah. wanted, wanted everything to be okay. So I think if you've got two people who just will do anything just to make amends and just... But I mean, the love is that deep. Whatever yeah. it takes, you know what? Hey, I blew it. Mm-hmm. You know, I say for both husbands and wives, if you know, if you, if, if you made the if you made a wrong choice, if you made a bad decision, just say it. I, yeah, man, I, it. I screwed up. I just uh, I didn't mean it. Yeah. I didn't mean it. I said it that way, and just just confess and communicate. And what happens with couples is that they argue, and everybody's going to stand their ground, and then the the divide gets wider and wider and wider and then all of a sudden months later it's really wide and then all of a sudden six months later you're in trouble Mm. and that's Debbie and I never did that I hope you enjoyed that Um, it's just insightful look into the the life of an icon like Michael W. Smith yeah I mean the fact that he is as focused as a grandparent 
as he was as a parent. Um, and just those, those sort of boundaries that he created early in his marriage mm-hmm. that protected them. Yeah. And, and how much marriage interacts with parenting, how that is a significant uh, part of how he looks at his life. And then the thing, my takeaway was just the reverence he had for his father. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. This, I mean, he, for his father and mother. I mean, I, I have I've known Michael for quite a while, and they were his father and mother are like complete anchors to that family. And he, there is reverence is the right word. And um, so when he passed, it was a big deal. I mean, a really big deal. But it, it's um, it's just it's inspiring to try to cast ourselves in a place where we want to be that kind of anchor for our kids. And I just, I look at that whole family and the lineage and, you know, Michael, his dad and, and, and then Michael, and just, it didn't come just by happenstance. They mm-hmm. worked at it. And that's obvious in our conversation. Yeah. And I think uh, for a parent listening uh, to that, you may feel like you're doing all the right things, but you can't see any fruit. Mm. You know, you can't see any direct response in your kid's you have no idea how deeply those seeds are being planted or mm-hmm. when they're going to actually finally break the surface. That's right. And I look, I can only imagine what Michael W. Smith's dad, who's no one's ever heard of, mm-hmm. who, who was never a famous anyone, mm-hmm. but can you imagine the pride and the satisfaction he has in looking at the life of his son and the millions yeah. of people that have been affected for Christ? Because he was a faithful dad. The thing that I remember about his dad is um, he would show, there was not an event in Nashville that we ever did that his dad wasn't at. And you would think, you know, after a, the a career that Michael's had, that it, it's kind of like, you know, I've seen that, done that before. But he was always there. He always went to the shows. I always saw him, you know, in the green room or whatever. I mean, as supportive of his son, it just kind of reminds me some of the biggest things that we can do as parents is just be present and just continue to be there for our kids. You know, that's yeah. that's something that really helps solidify everything. So I, I that whole family, I just adore them and I just I love the chance that we got to spend with him. I agree. It was an honor. And yes. um, you know, he's doing some cool stuff with lullabies and he's, he's getting into kids books. And so, you know, the parenting part two is starting for him like it is for me. And I, I just, uh, you know, it's, it's a rare glimpse into the life of a Christian icon and how they parented and how they walked through the difficult seasons of their marriage. What an encouragement. I hope it was for our listeners as well. So that brings me to my number, my number two pick. Um, which is a... I love this girl. Yeah, she's a friend of ours from Fort Wayne, mm-hmm. um, Indiana. Her name is Paige... Klingenpeel. And I love when you say that, because I never get it right. Paige um, Klingenpeel. There's not many other ways to say that. Well, if you look at it, it can, can throw you a little bit. But Paige has a uh, an amazing capacity for interacting with the stresses of life as they affect the teen and, and the parent. And she's a licensed mental health therapist. She's been a big part of the Relevant.com. No, uh, Remedy. 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 Live. That's right. <clears throat> Remedy Live. Yeah. Um, she's a, a therapist for kids that were in crisis. She's uh, she's helped form curriculum. She's written some books. She's been involved on in our TV show. Uh, we gotten to know her, you especially, yeah. over the last five to seven years. 
Um, and I think the thing that I love about her is that she's so relatable. And, you know, she's gone through her own stuff, too. I, a lot of times when you talk about talking to counselors, you feel like it's going to be kind of lofty. But right. she actually seems like I get why teenagers want to talk to her because she's so relatable and down to earth. And But she talks about things that are really important, like self-care, how it's not self. You need to take care of yourself and you need to seek out truth. And I, I just – I love the facets of what she she does – but maybe more than that, I love her approach. She is just so authentic and so gentle and kind and, and unassuming. Yeah. And so, you know, in season four, we do an interview with Paige and, and really open up the door for her to just kind of speak her mind, her heart. What is it that she's working on? She's active in high school counseling. She works at a Parkview Health, which is a, a big hospital, huge hospital in the Fort Wayne area. She's got two kids and... Um, no, she, she doesn't. She has four or five kids. She has two girls and two sons. You're right. She calls them Power Ranger. Power Rangers. Sons and crafty and creative daughters. So she has four kids. So she's a legit. She's in it. <laughs> deep in it. This isn't mom. just like, this isn't just textbook. Yeah. So she is, these poor kids, we didn't ask her that, you know. What do you try out on your kids? Mm. You know, what, yeah. what new theories are they getting tested on? Right. Uh, but I can I can assure you that if you listen to Paige, if you follow her, if you read her resources on her blog, which is fantastic, I follow her on Instagram, that they're going to be helpful. She's the practical, behind the scenes, right at you kind of person. She doesn't mince words, mm-hmm. but she's not rude. She's not. She doesn't make you feel guilty. No. Um, but she doesn't dance around the issue. She right. goes right at it. And so uh, I hope our listeners enjoy uh, this this highlight that, uh, that our editor has picked for season four with Paige Klingenfield. You know, I actually feel like it's, it's educational. I go through this holistic education where we talk about the different facets of self-care. You know, sleep, I mentioned that, for instance. We are surrounded by technology, whether it's our phone, iPads, TVs, even just the artificial light of our our rooms, Um, how that actually convinces our brain that it's still sunlight out. And so even though we're ready to go to bed at 10, 10, 30, our brains are still wired Hmm. because of what we just read on Facebook, what we've been watching on TV. Hmm. Um, Therefore, decreasing the ability for that natural hormone melatonin to be released in a, in a quality way. So, you know, I start with sleep. Another thing, diet. Think about, I'm, I call it crazy spring season. Um, when you were during the spring season and you have all those sports, whether it's for us, it would have been gymnastics, baseball. We had flag football. I am eating junk all the time. <laughs> and I'm a huge advocate of Coca-Cola. Like that is just my thing. I go to it all the time. But unfortunately, it leads with blood sugar imbalances and it actually makes you more irritable. What the education piece in this though is that you make your feel-good chemicals in your gut. So if you are not eating quality food, if you are not absorbing that quality food, you are unable, your body is unable to make those feel good chemicals. And so when your kids have the tantrums because they're up until eight, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night because they just got done with baseball, you have zero tolerance Hmm. to deal with that. Not only because you're tired, but also because your blood sugar and your metabolism and all that stuff isn't in where it should be. And then we go through other things too, the importance of taking a Sabbath. Um, That's a practice we don't think about. We 
are commanded to take a Sabbath. But if we look at the modeling of Jesus, he took time out. That yeah. dude rocked yeah. the Sabbath. He was able to say, I need space. Mm-hmm. I need time with just me and my, my close friends to refresh and rebuild. So those are a few of the examples that I go through. So we've listened to Paige. She's, uh, she's an, as promised, uh, she delivered. I'm sure if you listen through that whole um, that highlight, you've got some good stuff. But I know what you and I came away from. And that is this whole idea of self-care and the idea yeah. of really taking care of ourselves, being cognizant or aware of our need to take care of ourselves. And not not apologizing for it. Yeah, there's a lot of guilt, isn't there? Yeah, you feel selfish. I know that um, we've talked about the idea of sabbatical. I was just with someone yesterday that took a three-month sabbatical, and he thought he never could do it. Um because it seemed so selfish and and also he was scared or whatever, but he said just taking care of himself has completely transformed his relationship with his wife, his life, his ministry. And so the idea of self-care, it sounds like it could be psychological and lofty or selfish, but I mean, the seventh day, God rested. You know, I mean, it's an important part of our dynamic. Yeah. And it seems to be a theme that emerged in season four um, because not only did Paige talk about it. But my third choice for season four, uh, talked about as well. And he wrote a book and, uh, he really kind of convicted me. He wrote a, <laughs> me too. He wrote a book <laughs> called the hard break. His name is Aaron Edelheit. And, uh, he wrote a book about the case, uh, for the 24 six lifestyle. Uh, the idea that you don't work the seventh day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he comes from Sort of a Judeo-Christian background. Yeah. And so he's looking at this as a promise that God made, laid down for all man, not just for one generation, but for all generations to respect the idea of rest. And so that idea piggybacked after Paige and her discussion about self-care sort of convicted me. And gave a very practical application. Oh, he did, didn't he? I mean, I was very convicted too, and I'm... You know, you kind of get flat-footed and like, uh, I have no comeback. I do need to unplug. I do need to take a hard break um, because it's it's very convicting when you listen to just the the concepts that he has and the proof that he has of of what what he talks about. So I I was completely convicted as well. Well, and I think our our audience is going to be convicted as well. So this is sort of a disclaimer, but you know, not to do the spoiler alert. But he not only talks about the idea of a hard break. But he th- he talks about the idea of a hard break from technology. Mm-hmm. That would include podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So he really he not only talks about the Sabbath, but he talks about phones and computers and laptops and any kind of of technology interrupting your Sabbath. This, yeah. So it, he really, for me, it was like, dude, if I'm not going to do anything, and then you take away the thing I would do if I'm not doing anything. Right. Now I'm really not doing anything. Because the thing that technology does, in at least in my life and related to my kids, is it, it, it is such a distraction and it, it robs my presence. Like I, the same guy I was talking about Sabbath yesterday with, he was talking about how like, you know, if you have your cell phone with you and you get a text, <laughs> mine just fell, and you get a text, it's not so much that you're answering the call, because a lot of times if you're with your kids, you're going to pick it up, see who it is, and, and, and put it down. He pointed out, and I, and I hadn't even thought about this, but it's so simple. He's like, if I'm talking to you, and I get a phone call, and I look at it, 
all of a sudden I may not take the call, but my mind is now somewhere else as well. Because I'm thinking about putting out a fire. I'm thinking about responding. I'm thinking whatever. I've lost my 100% focus on my conversation with you. And I thought, that is such a good point. Just the fact that even though I can say I'm not going to take the call, my mind is now diverted. And so I love his ideas, Aaron's ideas of of taking a hard break from technology and, and, and being present. Yeah. And I, I think his uh, challenge was uh, also sort of scientifically backed up completely. I mean, it wasn't just, That's what I'm saying. I was flat footed. Like I'm like, yeah. okay, this is not subjective. Yeah, no, he went into the neuroscience <clears throat> of it. He went into how our brains and bodies, you know, with the day of rest, how they reset, mm-hmm. how that's much healthier for us, mm-hmm. uh, how it's much healthier physically, emotionally, mentally, uh, the, the dynamics in the family, the yeah. idea of play, play, um, all that stuff was just, Convicting, yeah. you know, like I'm a, I'm a really active person, and so for me, uh, and I just talked about this today because I reread all this, and I'm like, ah, um, I think it's really important for our listeners, all of us. I don't know of a single person in my life who doesn't struggle with this issue of being overbooked. Yeah, and so for all of us, take a second, listen to this five to ten minute excerpt. See what you think, write a few notes down, change your life. Mm -hmm. So without any further ado, we want you to experience Aaron Edelheit, our number three for season four. I wrote the book, my book, The Hard Break, specifically for this reason. If a pastor came to you, if a loved one, a friend, a therapist, whoever came to uh, the average person who's trying to succeed, trying to provide for their family, and said, hey, you should take a break. You know, you're working really hard. You're burning the midnight oil. It's not good for you. You should practice the Sabbath. You should create time personally, spiritually, and it'll benefit you. Hmm. Um, The first reaction, and I know because this used to be my reaction, would be, well, you you don't know what... I really appreciate that, and that's great, but you don't know what the modern world is like. You don't, you don't understand how we have to be connected. We have to do, right. I need to be on every day. And this is the reason I wrote the book, mm-hmm. because, it, because I wanted to write it from the business perspective, because I live this life. I, um, and not only did I live this life, but I spent three years researching. There are 200 footnotes in this book. Hmm. I actually had to eliminate that, eliminate several to not make this a scientific journal. Studies from Harvard, Stanford, the Center for Disease Control on how bad it is to be connected, to be um, working all the time. And not only that, but to profile super successful businesses like Chick-fil-A, which did $9 billion in sales last year. And as everyone knows, they're closed every Sunday. Mm-hmm. They, the average Chick-fil-A does four times the revenue of the average KFC, even though KFC is open every day. Hmm. But I profile consultants, lawyers, um, movie producers. You basically, na- real estate, you, you name across many industries and many different beliefs. Um of people that are succeeding, and not only can they do this, but they believe they're succeeding because of this, Mm. because of the Sabbath. All right, well, you know, Robert, I think 
there was some definite. I think there were some definite uh, themes that emerged in season four. Yeah, and I, I, I'm going to say this now because the the listener, this will already be real time. But after going through this season to show you how practical this was for me, and just just coming to a point at the end of the summer where I was exhausted physically, emotionally, spiritually, um, as a pastor. I took a sabbatical. Hmm. First first time in a decade that I've ever done anything like that. And on the other side of it? Well, I'm in the middle. So Oh, you're on sabbatical now. I'm on sabbatical right now. Oh. So <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I didn't know that. I think it's important <clears throat> that our listeners know that we actually respond to these things. Yes, we do. Like we're not we're not just talking to you about platitudes and things you no, should do. And that's do. what I said at the open. Like it's the thing that I love about podcasting the most. I, I love exploring these things, but I learn so much. And it, it like it convicts, it resonates, it, like, it's real life, it's real time. Yeah. Like, we're going through this stuff. Yeah. And so, for me, I, I suddenly have, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's a three-month sabbatical. So, I suddenly have, like, 12 weekends. I've never had, I've never had a free weekend, if mm. you can imagine this, mm. in 10 years. Wow. Except for maybe, like, a one-off for a vacation right. or something. Right. And so, I have found God has filled my weekends with opportunities to spend with family and friends that I have disconnected from, hmm. people that I needed to reconnect with. Good for you. Um, and in addition to that, uh, I've exercised hmm. regularly. Where I where I was running, I just didn't have the space in my life because right. I was bivocational. I work here, and then I would go and and do things at church. And so, you know, the hour that you need to kind of yeah, to do physical activity just would always get pushed out of my my life, and so I feel better physically. I have no idea if it's paying off yet and how I look, mm-hmm. but I definitely feel better physically and emotionally. I'm getting good sleep. My marriage is healthier. My relationship with my children is healthier, and I am restful, mm-hmm. which is is different for me. Um, I don't know than I've ever allowed myself to be still before. Hmm. And so my encouragement uh, to anyone, especially who's in in uh, ministry or has been for a while and you're feeling the burnout, maybe you're a parent, is to really sit down and think about what are some things in your life. Maybe you can't take a full sabbatical, but maybe maybe there's some things you can cross off your list. Yeah. And, and actually don't feel it. Don't fill it back up with something. Yeah. I think there's so much wisdom to that. The same conversation is one of our mutual friends, Brock Gill. Right. Um, he just came off a three-month sabbatical where he did nothing. He didn't take his phone with them necessarily. He drove a motorcycle from Nashville to Utah and back over three weeks, and then he went to Alaska and whatever, just completely unplugged. And he said it absolutely changed his life. And he realized for the first time that he had created the idol of productivity. Like ah, he was what a great term. I know, right? Yeah. We're addicted and we are the idol that we worship is how productive are we being with every moment that we've got and stuff like that. And what he encountered, I mean, it's a much longer conversation, but was just when you when you just deliberately cut that and you say, I'm doing nothing. And he even said, like, usually if someone says I'm really going through something, you know, he would normally say, I'll be praying for you. He was like, I'm not going to pray for anyone. I'm not going to, like, I'm going to do nothing. And what he found in that was God meeting him in a way that he's not encountered before. And he used the illustration of this sabbatical for him was like halftime at a, at a, at a ball game, like where you 
you produce, you do your best, and then you take halftime and you get back with your coach and you say, what are we going to do for the second half? And that's to him what it was. It wasn't necessarily trying to find out what things are we going to fill in, but it was more like spending time with the coach, just right. being still. And I found myself yearning for that. I was like, oh my gosh, man, if I could do that right now. And so I do think it's encouraging. It's an encouragement to our listeners to find margin. What are the what are the things that are kind of negotiable that you can carve out of your life and just say no for a season? Saying no is sometimes really important for your relationships with God and with your family. And um, I have a hard yeah. time saying no. Yeah, I think we all do. And I, I think there's so many things to say yes to. And, um, you know, as we grow, as we mature, we learn that we have limits and we need to develop those, those healthier boundaries. I'm going to have one last quote. Uh, it's one of my favorite quotes from John Eldridge. I read this book in 2003. So it only took 15 years to percolate <laughs> down to my brain, to my heart. And the quote is this, busyness is no substitute for significance. Mm. That's good. And I read that and read that. I knew it was important. You know how you read a quote or something, you're like, mm-hmm. I know that's important. I know it's for me. And it's, in, I think really here, 15 years later, I'm beginning to just, just beginning to understand what he might've been saying. That's beautiful. So uh, with that final thought, we want to wrap up our season four. It's been a great season. It has, a, it has been. And uh you know, we've got some great guests this year. I hope you've enjoyed them. We are very excited about season five, and uh, we have a great lineup already scheduled. We've got Stephen Curtis Chapman's daughter who's going to be talking on season five. We have Ellie Holcomb. Nice. Uh, we've got uh, several really, really cool new uh, authors that are going to be on board. And there's a friend of mine who's an Illinois farmer who has a real passion for helping kids that are struggling with suicide mm. and depression. So needed. So I, it's a, it's going to be diverse is my point. Uh, season five is going to be unlike any other than we've done before. And so we appreciate you and uh, appreciate you sharing us with your friends. We're at an over uh, 10,000 mm. downloads. So That's awesome. Yeah, season four is definitely the threshold for us. So thank you, Lord, for that. And thank you, listeners, for being faithful to be our fans. Robert, any last thoughts? No, just a pleasure being here. I love it. I love you, too. I said I love it. I didn't say I love you. No, I said I love you. I know. I love you, too. You sexy man. All right. See you guys later. Bye. Be encouraged, parents. You are not alone. In Paul's letter to his son in the faith, Timothy, he writes... But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Brilliantly Brave Parenting wants to be an encouragement and support that parents can rely on. Would you consider liking us and sharing us with a friend? As a part of the Tween Gospel Alliance, we are a nonprofit organization dependent on the support of friends like you. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be right here next week.
iShine is a faith-based ministry and media company that looks and feels a lot like a Christian version of Disney. iShine is more than entertainment. We're the producer of the largest Christian tween TV series in the world, a nationally syndicated radio show, a Nashville-based record label, host to multiple live tours and summer festivals, an interactive website and social media, and a provider of printed and digital devotionals, preteen Bibles, and church curriculums. But more than anything, we're a trusted Christian resource for parents and pastors. You can turn to us for all things tween. Check us out at iShineLive.com.